0: Today is January 14th, 2022, the day after the Supreme Court's decision on two different mandates, the OSHA mandate and then the mandate for medical workers. Uh, I wanted to get on quickly just to share my reaction to that and really my disappointment in where we are um, as a nation. Not that I'm especially surprised, um, not that I'm especially surprised that Kavanaugh and John Roberts were the ones to betray us um, on these issues, especially for the for the medical workers. But there's some voices out there that are uh, very happy with the uh, results of this uh, these latest uh, Supreme Court decisions. And certainly, in the case of the Ocean Mandate, uh, they should be. They should be extremely happy that. That the Supreme Court shot down that mandate, although not with as strong of a reasoning as I would have liked to seen. I'd like to have seen. Um, they basically did a super weak sauce uh, argument that just said the law wasn't written for you to make broad sweeping um, uh, mandates like this. It's supposed to be limited to industrial hazards, and uh, and so you're outside of your your scope of authority. Um, rather than talking about um, the sanctity of um, the human body and the the element elementary principle of respecting a person's first and foremost right to property, which is their own body, uh, which should have been the argument, which was the argument that Judge Thomas made in the dissent of the medical opinion, where uh, the Supreme Court, and now with Justice Roberts and Kavanaugh, joining on saying, and um, in fact, I'll I will actually just read this, um, these cases, <clears throat> well, he says, uh, this rule fits neatly within the language of the statute. After all, ensuring that providers take steps to avoid transmitting a dangerous bias to their patients is consistent with the fundamental principle of the medical profession, first do no harm. Um, how ironic it is, they act like they're experts, on this first, do no harm of the medical profession, first, them not being medical professionals themselves, but second, they're actually mandating to do harm to the medical professionals themselves who do not want to take the jab. Um, It would be the very opposite of efficient and effective administration for a facility that is supposed to make people well to make them sick with COVID-19. All sorts of assumptions there, Um, it's basically saying If you don't get the jab, you're responsible for making other people sick with COVID-19, which could not be further from the truth, uh, by not getting the jab, you allow your natural immune system to, um, to, uh, build its natural immunity to COVID-19, which is far more effective than the jab. Um, taking the jab has actually been shown that the saliva of those with the jab have 241 times the amount of virons, virons in their saliva as someone who is not taking the jab when they're infected with COVID-19. So it's the absolute opposite. People who are taking the jab actually have a higher propensity to spread. And because they have initially lower mild symptoms, they actually become the asymptomatic carriers. But the problem with this is not so much, it's, it's actually, comes down to like what uh, Justice Thomas said in his dissent. He said, these cases are not about the efficacy or importance of COVID-19 vaccines. They are only about whether CMS has the authority, the statutory authority to force healthcare workers by coercing their employers to undergo a medical procedure they do not want and cannot undo. Because the government has not made a strong showing that Congress gave CMS that broad authority, I would deny the stays pending appeal. I respectfully dissent. Even that is weaker than I think it should be. Because it's also basically saying if Congress gave CMS the power to um, to be able to tell you whatever they want to do with your body, then it would be totally okay. It just wasn't part of the original congressional mandate. That's also wrong. Um, What they should have said is you can't force people to do a medical procedure against their will that they cannot undo, that our first right to property is our body, and that should be kept inviolate. No matter what the congressional law would have said, no, even if it was under the statutory authority of CMS, it sh- it should have been struck down anyway. Um, and so, in both cases, um, the 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 opinion on our side of things um, was still weak and basically said Congress didn't give you the authority. Instead of saying Congress never had the power to give that kind of authority, which is really what it should have said. And so um, looking back on this, um, it, this is, I've been reading um, three books in particular um, about the early, uh, early years of the Nazi regime, uh, which I would highly recommend. In the Garden of the Beasts, They Thought They Were Free, and The White Rose. And both of the, all three of those are books about the, the years before the war. And uh, basically about Germans who um, noticed things changing um, before things got really bad with Hitler. And one of the first steps was attacking people's employment. Um, the other was accusing the Jews of all their problems. And what I see here, uh, especially with this um, this. Uh, very sad uh, uh, demonstration of, I'm not sure what to call it, but but the majority's opinion here says, uh, basically saying, blaming, in, implying to, to blame those who are unvaccinated with making people ill. Um, whether or not the opposite is true, which it is, but that alone creates the environment for people to look upon the unvaccinated as, oh, man, you're, you're a second-class citizen exactly the way they looked at the Jews. I have some quotes um, that I'll share, or hopefully I will share eventually on those things. Um, but I wanted to share a little bit about how they controlled the narrative on this. The first is, a lot of people were making fun of Sotomayor, or not making fun, but pointing out, how she said they, there was a hundred thousand kids in hospital beds, and most of many of them on ventilators, which is completely out there in outer space. Actually, zero evidence for anything she said. Um, even CDC director got on and said, "Yeah, there's less than thirty five hundred kids hospitalized," which even that number they've admitted is that the the hospitalizations are actually with COVID, not from COVID. Um, and and so you had this. Supreme court justice saying this wild and wacky number out there, hundred thousand kids are this, and basically using that as the argument that, that the OSHA mandate ought to be approved. And then the whole media and the the discussion for two or three days was all about how could a Supreme court justice get this number wrong? Well, this was, this was a good, this was strategy. I think this was strategy. If it wasn't strategy, it, it was it was consistent with typical strategy of the other side and deception. And ultimately why um, you know when we say that we the, the good side plays checkers while the bad side plays chess, they seem they're they're further much further developed on their strategy and unfortunately they don't care about lying. Um, and so they they lie through their teeth all the time and deception is part of the, the name of their game. Um And in this case, by saying this 100,000 cases thing, they drove the conversation away in the national conversation away from the principle of liberty and a right to property, the right to one's first property, which is their own body. They moved it to this um, benign issue of numbers, of knowing who has the right numbers. And, And ultimately, it was about an argument of, well, it's not really that bad. Uh, it's not 100,000 cases. Therefore, her standing of saying the OSHA mandate just should stand doesn't make any sense. Well, just by adopting the argument, you adopted their argument. And that is that if it does get bad enough, then maybe it would make sense. And that was their whole point. So it doesn't matter the fact that she was wrong. What they what they succeeded in was driving the national conversation to, a, to make the, the default assumption that if it was bad enough, then taking away people's rights and forcing them uh, to get a vaccine um, would be okay, and um, and ultimately led to, I think the the rationale for the majority opinion on on the uh, on the second case with the medical provisor, providers. The second piece is, um, well, <coughs> excuse me. I'll hopefully I can edit that out. The second piece is that the this was similar to um, what we've seen them do uh, when they control the narrative on many things that make them uncomfortable. So for example, Biden has a complete um, wreck of pulling people out of Afghanistan. The news cycle goes like maybe two days. And then he makes uh, the announcement on the OSHA mandate. And then everybody quits talking about Afghanistan and it's all about the OSHA mandate. Uh, when Obama was trying to get uh, Obamacare pushed through. There was a very strong resistance to it. Um, this was getting through passing Congress. And then he comes out with this huge huge thing about the red line in the sand with Syria. And so the whole conversation shifted from Obamacare right two days before the vote, two or three days, and and shifted to the whole Syria chemical weapons red line in the sand, which ended up being a complete nothing burger anyway. Um, and I warned people. I, I wrote letters to to our uh, some of our favorite radio casters. I said, don't take your eye off the ball. The real point of this is Obamacare. He's throwing this out there. So you quit talking about Obamacare because what you're doing is effective. Well, no one, no one listened. Um, actually, Sarah Palin was the only other person that I saw at the time making the same, same argument I was. Um, and I was uh, quite... Surprised with that, Sarah Palin is quite surprising occasionally. I mean, she was the fir- one of the first, to actually, recognize Trump was a viable candidate. Um, she was also the only public voice that I saw um, that recognized that the whole this whole Syria line in the sand thing was just a, a deflection from attention on Obamacare right before it got passed. Um, but that's how they—that's part of how they control the narrative. Um, even Kavanaugh, um, when Kavanaugh was first nominated the uh liberty minded people uh were not excited about him as a nomination for supreme court justice but because of this um <clears throat> because of the ridiculous um accusations that were obviously fraudulent it galvanized those that were upset with this fraudulent accusations that he was getting um to basically support him when they would not have supported him if it had just been a straight uh, nomination for the justice. And now we see the result of this. Is we basically have a, um, a pro-government power voice uh, voting along with John Roberts to, to uh, basically dismiss everyone's freedom of property. And if you can dismiss the freedom of your own body, you can stomp on anything else. So, um, bottom line, um, this was a, I think there's a lot going on here that misses most people's purview. And even the fact that we are celebrating, um, and I say we, by some voices on the, on the Liberty side are celebrating as they well should, that at least we got a little bit of a reprieve from the social mandate, uh, ridiculousness, um, that it's, it's still a sad day and it's just a matter of time. They basically told, they basically told the government and said, well, you didn't write this requirement quite the, quite the right way. You just need to go back and, and make a new requirement and it's gonna be able to stand. Um, yeah. And for example, you were able to do it right with the medical professionals and so you can force them. And the sad thing is, is coming back to the Hitler analogy, is that this is just like, uh, this is a matter of splitting and dicing the population so that there's not a big enough of a voice defending those who are persecuted. And in this case, it's our doctors and nurses, thousands upon thousands, who are refusing to take the jab. Uh, they see what it's doing inside their clinics, and uh, but now they're going to have to face losing the jobs uh, because they won't take the jab. But it won't affect the other 84 million workers who got out of the ocean mandate. Instead, those other 84 million workers are celebrating um, and not uh, galvanizing their forces to, to protect um, this smaller section of the population, which is the medical workers. And so going forward, unfortunately, it's just a matter of time before the administration still has their way. Um, they'll, they'll retool, they'll rephrase, now they have court precedents that if they can get it phrased just the right way, um, that they will be able to to order these mandates. Um, they've been able to skirt around the, and and drive conversation away from principle to pragmatism. To it, it does the, does the vaccine work um, away from does this violate someone's inherent uh, right to their own body? And uh, and with that, um, we're going to see. I think um basically the population sliced and diced with with uh, more um requirements to each section of the population small enough so that no one actually stands up and says hey don't do this uh because they're j- just targeting a small section of the population and uh so sad day for america um and sad day of where we are but unfortunately uh not a surprise that being said, at least we have a momentary reprieve from that ridiculous social mandate, and that's it for today. I'll talk to you later. Bye.